Hello and welcome to the Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Kroll, and this is episode 23 of the Imagineer Podcast. Now, in the world of Disney, 23 is a very important number and a meaningful number because in 1923, the Walt Disney Company was established. Amazing that we're up to almost 100 years that the Walt Disney Company has been around. It's also the reason why the fan club D23 is named D23 because of the year that the Walt Disney Company opened. So, of course, I knew that when it came time to record episode 23 of the Imagineer podcast, I had to make it an important and meaningful episode. And so there's no other attraction I would choose for episode 23 than Horizons. It has a lot of meaning to me personally. It has a lot of meaning in the world of Disney. For those of you who did not have the opportunity to ride Horizons, it was an attraction that is now extinct, but that was over at Epcot from 1983 until 1999. So it made up the primary phase of uh, Epcot's original vision, and it was one of the attractions I did get the chance to ride as a kid. This was an era that I grew up going to Disney, and some of my earliest memories to visiting Walt Disney World include riding Horizons and experiencing this attraction. Of course, I only have bits and pieces of memory but uh, of this ride, but as I have gotten older, there's uh, thanks to YouTube and uh, fan stories and books and other pieces of information out there, I've really come to learn a lot more about Horizons and have really come to respect and appreciate this attraction even more. There are so many fans who miss Horizons, myself included, because it was one of those attractions that everybody loved the vision behind it the uh, attraction itself was just so uh, enjoyable so meaningful and full of optimism and hope and so again i wanted to make sure that episode 23 was an important and meaningful one so this episode is going to be all about horizons i'm not only going to tell you a little bit about this attraction some things you might not have known before but i'll also take you along with me for a ride on this historic attraction so grab some headphones pull up your favorite armchair and enjoy this episode of the imagineer podcast
So as I mentioned, Horizons is one of those attractions that so many guests love. If you talk to anybody who grew up going to Walt Disney World in the 70s, the 80s, or the 90s, many will probably talk about Horizons, especially Disney fans will talk about Horizons as being one of those attractions that made them just full of hope and optimism. There's so much love for this attraction. And so I want to first take the opportunity to tell you a little bit more about this attraction. Now, for those of you who don't know that much about Horizons, it was the predecessor to Mission Space and lived on the footprint that Mission Space now occupies. It first opened on October 1st, 1983. This was just a year after Epcot opened. It did have a small closure from 1994 to 1995 after GE's sponsorship ended, but it did reopen in 95 because the two neighboring attractions, Universe of Energy and World of Motion, were both under refurbishment, being changed over to Ellen's Energy Adventure and Test Track. But after those attractions opened, Horizons did permanently close on January 9th, 1999, and made room for the future of Epcot, made room, of course, for Mission Space. Horizons is nothing when it, nothing compared to uh, Mission Space in terms of intensity. It is a very different attraction. It is a, or say it was, a dark ride Omnimover and had a very unique design. It was similar to, if you've been on the seas with Nemo and friends, you know how you bore that Omnimover and the, the ride moves sideways. You're sort of facing away from the wall. That's exactly how Horizons operated, although when you boarded it, it actually moved the other way, it moved to the right as opposed to the left. Um, but you did board this four-seater car that moved sideways and moved through different rooms, different levels. It was a long attraction um, and was really one of those unique dark ride experiences and put together a lot of the dark ride elements that many other dark rides across Disney have and made it so much better. And because of that, Horizons quickly became a beloved attraction. Even to this day, about 20 years after its closure, if you talk to any Disney fan about Horizons, they're going to have so many fond memories of it. It just captured the hearts and the imagination of so many Disney fans around the world. A lot of that has to do with the fact that Horizons can really be summed up in one word. Optimism. Now, it was all focused around the possibilities and the promise of tomorrow including some of the far-out ideas that some visionaries in the past had, such as Jules Verne. It actually started by talking about Jules Verne and his visions of the future. Also has a little bit of a tangent over to Disneyland Paris, since Disneyland Paris's Discoveryland, similar to Tomorrowland, is themed after Jules Verne. So there is some uh, Jules Verne... Um, fan base within the Disney universe. Um, so the ride did start by talking about Jules Verne and his visions of the future, and also talked about some of the real far out ideas that some of the visionaries in the 1950s had about the future, which of course is really not what ended up happening, but it's always fun to dream of tomorrow. Now, a lot of people really feel like this ride was built by Walt Disney or was developed by Walt Disney. But again, it didn't really come to be until 1983, which was close to 20 years after Walt Disney's passing. Now, Walt had really nothing to do with the development of Horizons at all. But again, it's so similar to many of the ideas that he had and so many of the attractions that he built that many can feel his presence in its design and in its optimism. And that's another reason why so many Disney fans loved this attraction. Um, and another reason why it really is so similar 
to a lot of the ideas that Walt had and why so many Disney fans feel like this was one of Walt's attraction is because it was originally proposed as a sequel to one of Walt's attractions. Can you think of what that, that was? It was none other than the Carousel of Progress. Now think about the Carousel of Progress. It has to do with looking back at the history of technology and how really people felt that, oh, the, you know, nothing could get better than today, that we have all the technology that we need. Horizons takes that to the next level. It's the sequel to Carousel of Progress. It takes that baton and showcases the possibilities of the future. So that's one of the reasons why a lot of people really feel Walt's presence in this attraction. It is a sequel to an attraction that Walt Disney worked on, the Carousel of Progress. Now, the ride concept actually didn't even come from an Imagineer, believe it or not. It was developed by, or the concept was developed by Reginald Jones, who was the then CEO of General Electric, and Jack Welch, who became the future CEO. Of course, the attraction was developed by Imagineers, with the head Imagineer being Tom Fitzgerald, who really led the design of this attraction. And as I mentioned, it is supposed to be a sequel to the Carousel of Progress. And much like the Carousel of Progress has that theme song, there's a great big beautiful tomorrow. Horizons has a similar theme called New Horizons. And this was written not by the Sherman Brothers, but by George Wilkins. And in that theme song, there's a very famous quote, a quote that I leave every podcast episode with, which is, if you can dream it, you can do it. Now, a lot of people believe that Walt Disney coined this phrase. Believe it or not, not to shatter your hopes and dreams, Walt never actually said this quote. But because he lived a life that was devoted to this philosophy, many believe that Walt was in fact the originator of this quote. However, it was developed by the lead Imagineer for Horizons, Tom Fitzgerald. Tom Fitzgerald was actually the person who came up with the phrase, if you can dream it, you can do it or if we can dream it, we can do it. And that really is uh, uh, devoted to Walt Disney. It is uh, meant to pay tribute to Walt Disney's philosophy of optimism and hope and the possibilities of tomorrow. And that's exactly what Horizons is all about as well. So again, because it is so closely tied to all the things that Walt Disney believed and really brings it all together in such a wonderful way it's why so many people love this attraction it is the realization of what walt believed and it is one of the reasons why i truly feel this uh, personal connection to horizons that feeling of optimism that that uh optimism for the future the hope for tomorrow those are all things that epcot was built around and what walt disney really believed so deeply now, one of the other noteworthy parts of this ride, just talking about from an engineering perspective, was the ending. It was kind of revolutionary for its time in 1983. There's actually three possible endings of Horizons, and it wasn't chosen at random. It wasn't through a, a loop so that you, sort of similar to the Haunted Mansion, you just get one of, uh, you know, whatever comes around on the back end. You actually got to choose your own future, which is also really, again, rooted to that... Uh, idea of optimism and you get to you know if you can dream it you can do it now in front of you on the Omnimover each guest had three buttons to choose from and those buttons gave you the chance to choose between wanting to see the future under the sea on land in the desert or out in space which was similar to some of the show scenes you had seen previously in the in the ride uh, and it really, you, you chose one of those three buttons. There's four people in the Omnimover. So 
uh, one way or another, majority ruled. If there were only three people in the Omnimover and there's a fourth seat, someone had to reach over and <laughs> vote twice for whatever they wanted to showcase. If it was a direct tie, then obviously it shows the, uh, the ending scene for you. But in most cases, you really had the chance to decide which ending scene you wanted. And it, again, was either under the sea, out in the desert, or out in space. And out in space was the one that I always chose because I always wanted to go through space and it was a real fun ending although the desert and under the sea were also fun as well um and in a way this ending is very much the predecessor to spaceship earth's current ending of course minus the the hundreds of combinations that you have and the cartoon selfies that you have <laughs> uh it was just a, a great uh, ending to the ride now a lot of you are asking if this or might be asking if this attraction was so amazing why did it close i think a lot of disney fans are asking themselves that question every single day but unfortunately, one of the major reasons why this attraction closed uh, had to do with a couple of things happening all at once. One thing was GE's decision to close down the corporate sponsorship. Unfortunately, without that corporate sponsorship, it made it harder to fund the maintenance for this attraction. Now, at the same time, the other unfortunate piece was that the Imagineers found there were major structural problems with the attraction. And because of that, again, they needed those funds in order to rebuild the ride. And on top of that, this was another opportunity to build another thrill ride over at Epcot before the opening of Test Track, which had opened up just a few years earlier next door to Horizons. There really were not too many thrill rides over at Epcot, but because of the wildly popular success of Test Track and the long lines that it was getting, I remember standing on that standby uh, line when it first opened. It was so long. I was waiting for about two hours, which is a long time back in 1996. The Imagineers and leadership really felt that there was a need for and a demand for another thrill ride. So they took this opportunity to build another thrilling attraction. And of course, the decision was made to tear down Horizons and build in its place Mission Space, which began its construction in 2000 and opened in Horizon's footprint in 2003 and of course is still there to this day, at least to the uh, airing of this podcast episode. You might be listening back in like 10, 15 years and perhaps it's not there anymore. Only time will tell. Um, but of course, the Imagineers do still pay tribute to Horizons in many different ways. One of those ways is in the queue for Mission Space. Now, if you're going through that first main large room that has that uh, space station design, that sort of centrifuge spinning slowly along the wall. If you look at the very center of that centrifuge, you'll see this symbol. That symbol is the symbol of Horizons. And it's very similar to the way that Test Track pays tribute to its predecessor, the World of Motion, by featuring the World of Motion symbol throughout the queue, and also actually has that future city of tomorrow still on the attraction, which was originally in the world of motion. So the Imagineers still love to pay tribute to these old Epcot attractions. The other place you can find a tribute to Horizons, believe it or not, is over at the Magic Kingdom at Space Mountain. When you're going through that exit queue along those ramps, you'll notice a few tributes to Horizons. The first is through that desert scene, you'll actually see the words Mesa Verde, which is one of the ride scenes on Horizons, which you'll hear in just a minute. You'll also see this under the sea sort of uh, design that is also a tribute to another show scene in Horizons, which you'll also hear in a few minutes. And the last thing is the robot butler in that futuristic city that you see at the sort of the end of that ramp before you head down the ramp. 
that is another show scene in Horizons as well. So these are all things you'll hear, and these are all ways that the Imagineers pay tribute to Horizons. Again, it is one of those attractions that so many Disney fans love, even to this day. I have so many fond memories of this attraction. There are many parts of me that wish that it had never gone extinct, that maybe someday they'll build a, another version of Horizons. I know a lot of Disney fans feel the same way. But then again, a lot of Disney fans love Mission Space, so perhaps that might not be the case. In any case, we do have all these wonderful memories to look back on when it comes to Horizons. I do hope that you learned a few interesting pieces of information that perhaps you didn't know before about Horizons. I wanted to make this a really uh, you know, noteworthy tribute to this amazing attraction by making it the 23rd episode. And of course, now that we've talked about some of the fun facts of this ride, I definitely want to take you along with me for a ride on Horizons, especially if you didn't have the opportunity to ride it. I want you to feel that optimism and hope, and I hope you leave this podcast episode feeling incredibly optimistic about the possibilities of tomorrow. So grab some headphones wherever you are and enjoy a ride on this amazing extinct attraction, Horizons.
living. It's always been just around the corner. Shining at the end of every day. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow. And tomorrow, just a dream away. Man has a dream, and that's the start. He follows his dream with mind and heart. And when it becomes a reality, it's a dream come true for you and me. Get back to work. Go on. Say, we're just in time for the matinee. Yeah, looking back at tomorrow through the movies of yesteryear. nature, now engineered by man for an ever-growing role in microelectronics. The world of liquid space, oceans of minerals and food ready to fuel tomorrow's needs. chain, life's molecular blueprint. Decoding its secrets is leading us to dramatically improved health. The sun, today we're learning ways to harness its limitless energy.
colonies in space, habitats where people live and work. This is no distant dream. We're at the threshold now. A computerized view of Earth. Landsat photography, providing vital data on agriculture, resources, and ecological concerns. The cityscape, a living tribute to our richest resource, people. Here's a new kind of cityscape, the microprocessor, an entire computer on a tiny silicon chip. What you've just seen are the building blocks for the future up ahead. And while it may look fantastic, remember, it's all possible. That's right. And we ought to know. We live there. Come on, take a look at 21st century living on land and sea and even out in space. But let's start off at our place. Thank <laughs> you. 
Floating cities, they're amazing. I mean, whole new industries have developed in them. And under them, mariculture, all sorts of marine mining, fuels, energy. And fun. Remember fun? I'm serious. Well, so am I. Floating cities have opened up whole new ways for people to enjoy their lives, as well as their work. There's always been something sort of mysterious about our oceans. We knew they were filled with valuable gifts for us. Yeah, water and seaweed. Very funny. But seawater has become an excellent source of energy, as well as being valuable for desert irrigation. And kelp... Seaweed? Kelp is a tremendous source of low-cost fuel. Oh, we found lots of good things under our oceans. And don't forget space. We found lots of good things out there, too. Space colonies are out of this world. Let's take a quick look around. Here. Our son and his family wouldn't live anywhere else. Hey, maybe you and I ought to move up here. Oh, what a wonderful idea. Now there's my speed. Sports and exercise in zero gravity. It looks like fun. Once you get the hang of it. Hey, Mom! Mom! What is it, Tommy? Look, Mom, I'm flying! Why don't you try? I don't know what I'm gonna do with you. Don't let go of Napoleon. We don't wanna lose him. <coughs> hey, Mom, what if he just floats away? Well, hey, Mom, what if I just float away? Then your father will get you as soon as he manages to get your shoe. Just think, materials from space for all kinds of industries back on Earth. And that's... Uh-oh. We gotta run. Time for our grandson's party? Uh-huh. We'll catch up to you later.
invited to choose your own flight path back to the future port. Please look down at the lighted panels in front of you. Press one of the three ride choices, space, desert, or undersea. Everyone can choose. Majority rules. All passengers, make your selections now. back from the future. Oh, it went by so quickly. Yes, but one of the nice things about traveling into the future is that the journey's just beginning. That's right. And I'll tell you something. If we can dream it, we really can do it. And that's the most exciting part. for exploring horizons. Now, please take small children by the hand and watch your step onto the moving belt. The belt and your vehicle are traveling at equal speed. And with that, we close out episode 23 of the Imagineer podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, number 23 is so important in the world of Disney, and so I wanted to make sure that we definitely featured an important and noteworthy attraction in this episode and there really felt like no other attraction to feature than horizons i know a lot of uh, disney fans out there are probably shaking your heads like yes yes this is the attraction you have to feature for episode number 23 and so i really again hope that if you had not had the chance to experience horizons especially that you really felt from this episode the uh, the feelings that so many Disney fans have, the affinity that so many Disney fans have for this extinct attraction. I hope you are now feeling optimistic and hopeful about the possibilities of tomorrow. If you're ever feeling down, this is the episode to go back to because it is all about optimism. It is all about possibilities. And of course, it's all about that phrase. If you can dream it, you can do it. I also want to thank those of you who have taken the opportunity to rate and review our show. I want to especially thank Gabby who wrote in a review, wrote in a review last month and said, uh, giving it five stars, the podcast I have been waiting for. This new podcast is exactly what I needed. I have attempted to listen to various other podcasts and felt lost, unengaged. 
When I started listening to this podcast, I felt an immediate connection. I have a lot of the same thoughts and opinions as Matt, and it was incredibly refreshing. I am hooked and cannot wait for what is yet to come. Gabby, thank you so much for this amazing review. I hope to continue to share some of the thoughts and opinions that I have, and I, I hope you do feel, I continue to feel that connection, and uh, I really do appreciate you taking the time to write that review in the iTunes store. For those of you who have not yet taken the opportunity to either subscribe to our podcast, first of all, please be sure to do that, whether you subscribe in iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher. You can find us on many podcast apps out there. So whatever your preferred podcast app is, I encourage you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And if you do enjoy this show, again, I really do encourage you to go ahead and leave a rating and a review either in the iTunes store or on Facebook um, or even on Podbean or Google Play or Stitcher. I do read each and every review and each one does make a really big difference. So I want to thank those of you who have already rated and reviewed the show. And if you haven't, if you love the show, one of the best things you can do is to leave us a, uh, a wonderful rating and a review uh, in one of those locations, especially the iTunes store or Facebook. And of course, the other thing you can do to uh, help to spread the word about this show is to first of all, go ahead and be sure to follow us on all of our social media profiles. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Imagineer Podcast or on Twitter at Imagineer Audio. And you can also go ahead and join our Disney fan community, our Facebook group, which is over on Facebook and of course is called the Imagineer Podcast Disney Fan Community. You can find that by either typing that into the search bar in your Facebook browser or by heading to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Podcast, and clicking on the community tab on the left-hand side. That will lead you directly to our Facebook group. If you go ahead and hit the request to join button, I will go ahead and approve you as soon as I see that come through. And I want to thank those of you who have taken the opportunity to go ahead and join us over in that Facebook community and leave your thoughts and opinions, which I do encourage you to do. If you have any questions about anything Disney related, if you want to get some opinions from others or want to share something exciting in the world of Disney, I would encourage you to go ahead and share it in our Disney fan community or to leave a comment uh, anywhere in any of our posts uh, relating to anything that we've posted in the past. And I want to encourage you to go ahead and share this podcast with any of your friends. If you have anyone who in your life who loves all things Disney, whether that's the Disney parks, the Disney movies, uh, the Disney songs, anything in the Disney world, I really do uh, thank those of you who have taken the opportunity to share this podcast on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, through text message, whatever your preferred medium for uh, communicating this podcast. I definitely appreciate it. Um, every every share, every new subscriber really makes a huge, huge difference. So thank you so much. And I do encourage you again to uh, go ahead and share out this podcast episode. Last thing, if you do have anything you would like me to read on the air, please go ahead and send me an email at imagineyourpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to me through a private message, either on Facebook or Instagram at imagineyourpodcast or on Twitter at imagineeraudio. And especially in the case of this episode, I want to know if you've taken the chance to ride Horizons, if you had the opportunity uh, in the past, what do you think about Horizons? If you haven't had the chance to ride Horizons, now that you've listened to this episode, what do you think about Horizons? It again is one of those amazing attractions. It's full of hope, full of hope and optimism. And I want to hear from you. So if there's anything you'd like me to read on the air about your thoughts regarding Horizons or anything else Disney related, any questions you have, uh, please go ahead and send me an email or a direct message 
and I'll go ahead and uh, read those comments and questions on a future episode. Lastly, especially because this is episode 23 and we're talking about Horizons, I know I mention this at the close of every episode, but I mean it especially in this episode, folks. Remember, as always, that Tom Fitzgerald quote that is all about Walt's life. If you can dream it, you really can do it. Have an amazing day.